No smiling, Strifler. No smiling. We're live. I always yeah. smile when we're live. I know. I'm going to mute the channel so I don't interrupt myself from talking. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divi Chat. So glad to have everybody here. And we are super happy to be back this week, Tuesday. Running a few minutes behind. We apologize, but we made it. Today, we're going to talk about how to... Oh, that's not it. <laughs> For some reason, the title says how to prevent scope creep. If, if, you go into, if you go into the episode, it actually says steps for creating a Divi website. Oh, it's it does. Saying, it did. It yeah. updated just now. Steps for creating yep. a Divi website. Obviously, we're Divi chat. So we're going to, it's kind of crazy to think that we might have gone 100 and some odd episodes in and we've never done steps to creating a Divi website seems kind of crazy, but uh, I'm, I'm still not sure what Divi is. I, I've been on this podcast for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. We got people trickling in. So Div why don't Divi we is a Squarespace here? theme, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, introduce ourselves while my desk is rising and start with ladies first. Hi, Sarah. Hi, if you can see me, if you're watching, I'm not sure what's going on with my camera here, but my name is Sarah Oates. I'm from Endure Web Studios and you can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on all the socials. And if my color changes in the next little bit, I'm just going to try and fix this camera. It looks like the room's on fire. I know. I don't know what's going on. Well, it is so good to have you here. Right. It's good to be back. That's I have cool. missed you guys. We missed you too. Corey. Hello. Corey Jenkins here, uh, getting back from a tough week at Beach Press um, down in uh, Oceanside, California, hanging out with some some WordPress peeps. Um, so getting back uh, acclimated to uh, to the real world here. Um, <laughs> you can catch me at uh, Divi Space, AspenGroveStudios.com, PotentPlugins.com and uh divi.chat and quite a few other places on the web happy to be here awesome tim hey everyone tim streifler here broadcasting from the austin texas area and uh, you can find me online at timstreifler.com divilife.com <clears throat> excuse me and uh, wpgears.com no dying on the episode tim no dying on the episode i'll do my best <laughs> <laughs> De definitely wait till after we're done yeah yeah wait till, wait till we're done um and my name is david blackman from aspen grove studios divi chat divi space and wp years man i need to i need to consolidate that's too many dang domains to have to say all the time uh -huh. uh, just do it like me you just have one that's one. You guys are so greedy with all your hey, I keep saying that, but it just doesn't happen. Hey, when each of those different websites are making money, David, it's worth having to say them on Divi Chat. <laughs> you know what? Let me say them with pride then next week, Tim. <laughs> um, I am super excited to be back today. This week, we've got a really good topic, Steps for Creating a Divi Website. Um, there's lots of ways to build a website, and... Four people on this panel right here today, along with, I'm sure, quite a few people that are watching live, um, have different ways of probably building Divi websites. And so I'm kind of curious. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit that 
we didn't get together intentionally and decide what was the best steps. Sarah's steps might be different than Tim's steps and my steps and Corey's. So I'm really kind of interested to see what the steps are and where we kind of land with this stuff. So um, we're going to hopefully make it a little bit fun today as well. So glad everybody's tuning in live. And uh, if you're watching this afterwards, come join us live each week, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 6, East, uh, 6 Pacific and 5 Eastern. And, and 9 a.m. Australian Eastern. 9 a.m. Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, who? Well, I get the first step. I get the easy step. You got to have Divi to build a Divi website. So if you do not have Divi, <laughs> and, and you're watching and you actually need to have WordPress uh, to yeah. install Divi. No. All right. You need so, WordPress.org. Let's work, not let's work backwards, com. actually. <laughs> Well, I can jump I in we with could, we, we could start at the very, very beginning, which is absolutely WordPress, WordPress.org, go download it. Uh, you need a host to do that. Um, so we're going to assume that you're a little bit more advanced than that basic beginning stuff, and we won't bore you with all of those details. Uh, but you definitely need to have Divi in order to build a Divi website. So um, where do we want to yeah. go from here? Tim wants to talk. Go yeah, Tim. I'll jump in. Now, I'm going to say, I guess, technically, if we're going to go, you know, the exact steps, you're going to want some sort of hosting uh, before you do what I'm about to say. Uh, but this isn't a hosting episode, so we're not going to go down that rabbit trail of, of all the different uh, types of hosting you can get, different companies that we prefer. So I'm going to jump in and say that uh, for me, kind of the first step is establishing the, the goal and the, the purpose for the site. So uh, if you're building a website for a client, then obviously they need to be a part of that conversation. And usually that happens in kind of the beginning discovery phase uh, before they've you know paid any money or, or done anything like that. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of has to, to be the first thing. You have to know what, what are you trying to accomplish? Is the goal to, to get leads? Is the goal to sell uh, products? Is the goal to um, you know sell uh, courses, or is it to uh, give you know strictly be informational and, and there's not any type of lead generation or, or selling aspect involved? Um, because once you figure that out, then you kind of build everything else around it. And so for me, and as David mentioned, everyone's going to have different steps, but for me, that's kind of step one uh, because once you know what you're trying to achieve. Uh, then you can actually, uh, you know, build content and uh, or uh, uh, build a, a skeleton of the of the site and so forth. Yeah, and and even even choosing the hosting can can actually you know depend on what your goals are for the site. If you're yeah, just kind of point. like a small like you know a little portfolio type site with five pages, not a whole lot of functionality, you know, shared hosting may be a decent fit for you. If it if it is an e-commerce store or, you know, a really high traffic blog, then you're going to want, want to definitely look at some better solutions. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good because you brought up something that is going to determine the steps for creating a Divi website is, you know, beyond just figuring out what type of hosting you need, but the steps that you're going to take to build that website is going to depend on what type of website it is. So maybe we cover several different types of websites that might be built with Divi. And here's a really good question. I won't answer it. I'll let y'all answer it. Is there any type of website that is not good to be built with Divi in your opinion? 
They all have no looks on their face. <laughs> looks like it's going to be a I mean, yeah, of course there are other options. It's not that Divi is the only option um, for building any kind of website, but I would say... I would say that there isn't a website you couldn't build with Divi or that it wouldn't be an appropriate tool to use for Divi, uh, for a website. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could make an argument that like, if you're building some sort of an, a web app online, um, you know, yep. type of SaaS solution that, you know, you're going to be integrating with different solutions and APIs and different things like that. And it doesn't make sense to even use WordPress in that case. But I feel like for the most part, if WordPress is suitable, then Divi can really accomplish anything. And WordPress, I feel like, is suitable for, you know, 95% of websites out there. Yeah, and, for yeah. me, this, go ahead, Corey. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say some of the, um, you know, some of the mobile app type solutions for WordPress, um, Divi, yeah, probably isn't a, a good fit for. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the company right now that I, I used them way back when before Divi was app even presser. out. Not AppPressor. Um, it, it was a different one. WP touch. So, so WP touch is, is a really easy way to kind of create, um, mobile apps, you know, for, you know, for your WordPress website. And, you know, it's, it's to where people, you know, people can add your icon to their phone and especially just scaling kind of like a mobile version of your site, but there's a lot of other, other features on there, you know, like prompts for them to, to bookmark you and things like that. Um, you know, Divi being short code driven, you're going to get a mess of, of short codes, um, and WP touch. So essentially you have to like duplicate your site. So like, so with WP touch, you have like a meta box. And if you're using Divi and WP touch, you have to like put all your content again inside the meta box, which is terrible for, for SEO. And so, so there are certain, you know, certain applications that Divi probably isn't a good fit for. Um, that would definitely be one of them. Yeah. I'm going to go with no, there are no options. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't a trick question in my mind. I I have been a a person who's believed that Divi could build everything. You know, there's nothing that you can't build Divi with. Uh, I you know, if you ask the question, is it the right tool to use? I guess for me, the jury's still out. You know, because I haven't really found an app a, a, a time yet where I could not not use Divi. It doesn't mean that. There aren't some instances out there. I just haven't ran across them yet. We've built major, highly trafficked e-commerce websites on Divi, and they work great. We've built LMSs on Divi, and they work great. We've built membership platforms. They work great. Brochure websites. Just about every type of website that you could build type, I think we've pretty much built with Divi. I'm I'm pretty sure. I I don't know of any type that we really haven't. Yeah, I, I built forum and uh, you know social network type sites with with Divi and BuddyPress, BBPress. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I I think I think the restrictions would actually be, and, and I'm looking at you know just like very large companies or you know maybe companies that are like uh, have real sensitive you know data. Um, I, I think they would more shy away from from WordPress than, than they would uh, Divi because yeah. you know WordPress is a dynamic platform. It's uh, it's database uh, you know database MySQL driven and it's you know being honest, it's not as secure as as some other uh, solutions out there. 
I'm sure Sarah's husband could could speak to that. <laughs> I know uh, certainly like a government here in Australia wouldn't use WordPress, for example. So mm -hmm. I'll never get a government website because they want to use another platform. So that, you know, but like you say, if you're going to use WordPress, I don't think there's any reason why you couldn't use Divi to create pretty much any website. And that, I mean, essentially that's the reason I choose to use Divi, right? It's because it's so versatile and whatever you can come up with, you can create. And pretty much every plugin that I've tried to work with it seems to work. So I haven't had any big clashes where I can't use Divi because I need to use a particular type of plugin. So for me, that's exactly why I use Divi because I can use it for everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the steps for creating a Divi website and maybe our steps are different. Maybe how, do y'all want to just kind of round robin it and talk about what are some of your initial steps? Let's not, I don't want Tim, for example, to go through his entire process. Let's start this. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tim. You know, we're just dating, you know, and we're just met each other for the first time. And, uh, you know, let's, let's take it slow. Maybe talk about the first two or three steps, each of us. You know, and I'm going to kind of defer to Corey. I'm just going to kind of narrate, ask questions and lead because, you know, Corey and I are on the same team and truthfully, he handles most of our web builds and stuff anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm going to kind of defer that to him. So <laughs> who, wants, who wants to start between the other three? Two steps. Let's go each two steps. Your first two steps. Uh, I, I, I can I can start, Tim. Do you want to start? Oh, no, you started. Go, 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 go. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, the, the first first step, which I won't count as a step, but is just the, you know, self-hosted um, WordPress install, um, you know, and then I go, you know, actually uh, in, install um, Divi on the site and then put in the, you know, the API key. Um, the next step I, I would, I would normally go to after that would be uh, installing plugins that, that I believe are, you know, going to be, to be used um, on the site. Uh, another another very important step is if if the site is going to ultimately have to be um, S, you know SSL HTTPS, do that from the very get go when you start development. Because if you like try to do it towards the end, you're going to run into some problems and you're going to lose time. It's better to do it from the get go. Um, yeah. So well, your URLs all have HTTPS. You don't have to do anything about it later. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a mess uh, sometimes. You know, so depending on the product. It, that's if you're on the official domain that you're going to be on in the end. If you're on like some other subdomain, you're going to be moving it anyway. So that I, really I, I would even I would even recommend it on a subdomain because uh, there are certain aspects. Even when you do a migration from a non HTTPS to a to a secure site, there are still certain things that I have found that don't always carry over. So I, I personally like on our um, development projects, I always try to. Um, try to develop on HTTPS because, you know, you may also have like certain other conflicts with plugins and things. So yeah. to me, like, like have that, have that environment as, as close to the live environment as you can get when you're, when you're developing. I agree. Yeah, even changing and hosting sometimes can cause issues, but sometimes you won't get an option to work around that. Like if, if you only get the option to work with your own hosting while you're building and then you're going to move it to their hosting, you mm -hmm. may get a bit stuck there, but sometimes you don't get a choice. Yeah. And, and we actually have on our development server now, like set up to where we can just like hit a button, spin up a, spin up a website and then it will like automatically have Divi and, you know, whatever our plugin set is on it. And you can have multiple different uh, plugin sets that automatically install 
and it, it, it comes in handy, um, you know, so you're not having to go through and, you know, in, install everything. So that, that's kind of our, like our development um, environment right now. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to throw in a little tip here, add this in, because it's one of my pet peeves. And, uh, and I think our new setup kind of solves this more than, than our old setup with cPanel and Plesk and stuff is um, always develop on the latest versions. When you start a new product, project, start developing on the latest version. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in and our development team, not Corey, but our front-end developers, are developing new projects on outdated Divi. <laughs> you know, and I just, it, it kind of, it's my pet peeve. And I'm like, and I don't care if it breaks everything they've already done. I'm hitting the damn update buttons. And I let them know that, uh, you know, develop. On <laughs> Fix it. Yeah, we just, you just don't want to be developing on an old version and then you take it live and then there's an update and then it breaks everything and it just can cause a lot of, especially with all the changes at the moment. Like you want to be on WordPress five for sure, because that's the future. And if you develop it in an old version and then you hand it over to the client, then it's really hard for them when they do update and everything changes. You want it to look as much like what you're handing it over to them as it's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to start on like, you know, on a current project on anything under, you know, the the newest WordPress and Divi. Yeah. All right. So Corey, you did your two steps. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what, yeah, what I do. Okay. Um, so for me, I can kind of already talked about it, but for me kind of before even getting to, to WordPress or Divi, it's, it's all about the planning. And so figuring out the kind of the goals of the site, the purpose, what, what the intent is, and then the second step is kind of mapping out the, the content. And I, I've gone back and forth in different methods. Sometimes it's like, it's, you know, an outline form of homepage, you know, and I'm just typing it into like a, a very basic text document. And then sometimes I'll actually sketch it out on a piece of paper. I tried using wireframing uh, tools in the past, but I found myself trying to make it too perfect and make it look really good using the wireframing tools and spending way too much time on it which totally defeats the purpose. So I kind of scrapped that and just went to pen and paper for the times that I am doing, you know, wireframing and stuff. And I found that doing that rather than going to straight to Divi kind of helps get the, the content planned out. And that way I can use that as a map as I'm building in Divi. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the, you know, the step one is the planning and the, uh, you know, either wireframing or, you know, just writing out the kind of the content, the flow, you know, that what the pages are going to be. And then, um, kind of similar to what Corey mentioned with, you know, spinning up a new site with all the plugins. I use WP Engine, and so I have just a template site on there that has uh, Divi with, you know, the plugin sets, uh, you know, a child theme ready to go. And then I can just duplicate that. And then I usually go and update everything, as David mentioned, to make sure I'm using the latest versions of everything. So that's kind of the first step. And then um, I'll go in and add any additional plugins. So if it's e-commerce, I'll add WooCommerce. Um, I already have Gravity Forms on there by default uh, for all, pretty much all websites. I'll use Gravity Forms. Um, and then, yeah, if there's anything else like, oh, I know I need Instagram inst- uh, integration, then I'll go and add that. It's kind of get everything ready to go before I actually dive in. So those are my first two steps. Over to you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm similar to Tim in some ways in that uh, before we get going, we generally do the design. So... Um, we'll do research first and then we'll actually mock up the homepage. So 
for us, we actually do the whole complete mock-up in Adobe XD. And so it looks exactly like what it's going to look like because I already know that I can create pretty much anything. And as the design's happening, I used to do that myself. Now I have a designer. So Sophie, my friend and colleague, she does the designs. And so she will do them completely next day and I'll look at them and just let her know, oh, I don't know that I can quite do that thing. Um, but also the thing that I really like about it is that it is thinking less about what Divi can do out of the box and more about what do we want the end um, goal to achieve. And so by doing it that way, it's, it's not just keeping me inside the regular old Divi box because I think Divi has a pretty stock standard look to it and I like to think outside of that standard look. Um, so yeah, we design everything in Adobe XD for the homepage, then we'll sometimes do a subpage after that. So generally what we do is our first steps is that we give the client two versions of a homepage. They pick one, we refine that one. And then sometimes if they're paying a higher amount, then we'll do a subpage as well. So we do all of that before we even open up Divi. Um, so we know exactly what the homepage is going to look like before we even load the install. Um, so that's kind of the first two weeks of the project for us is the design and Divi doesn't even get started yet. But once we get started, obviously same deal, have a install that's already ready to go. I clone it, update it, add the plugins we need um, and then start to build out the design that Sophie has made for our homepage. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in here real quick because it's interesting. This, this makes it awesome. First of all, Sarah's being very, very modest because she can do some kick-ass stuff with Divi because I know because we've tested her and she can definitely, I don't know that she will ever tell her designers that I don't know if I can do that because. Well, actually it's more to do with third party plugins. So it'll be something like normally out of the box with Divi, I can do pretty much anything, but um, there are some things with third party plugins, they integrate in a certain way. And then oh, she'll come up with this amazing idea about like yeah. how we can have some thing happen and I'll realize that that third party plugin isn't going to play like that. Um, maybe like an event gotcha. type thing. Okay. Like, yeah. And I do always recommend like um, one thing that we do is like when we're, when we do a, a client project, which uh, you know, we haven't done so many lately and we're, we're starting to, to do some more again, but I, I do recommend like mapping out all the plugins you're going to need for the, for the project. I mean, you might miss one and realize you need one yeah. later, but get those installed right away because last thing you want is to have some like key plugin. Maybe you're, you're hanging on to for a final phase of the project and then it doesn't play ni nicely with uh, either Divi yeah. or some other key plugin. So get all those like surprises out, out of the way as soon as possible. And even just from the scope creep per uh, perspective, uh, which we've talked about recently, I think the idea of you want to have it really clear between you and the client, what plugins are you using? Cause if at the last minute they're like, Oh no, 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 I needed like this other functionality. Then you can be clearing that up right at the beginning as well. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was you may not be like an agency, right? Like, I mean, for all of us, we're doing, you know, custom designs, but you may want to use one of Divi's templates or you might want to buy a child theme from somewhere. So that is not out of the box. Yeah. Like that's, that's not out of the question for you to be starting your project. So say, for example, if I'm doing a, um, a nonprofit mm -hmm. uh, website. So generally I'll start a nonprofit website with a 
template, either a Divi template or we'll buy a child theme. And I will just be really upfront with them and say, to keep the cost down, we're not going to do a custom design. So you can go and pick a design. Here's all of Divi's library. Go and have a look, pick one, I'll install it, and then we will customize it for you. So that's another way that you can go about it if either you're just getting going and you kind of just want to play with Divi and you're a little bit new. I think playing with the free layout packs is a fantastic way to go. Um, if you find a child theme that does exactly what you want it to do and you're not going to need to customise very much and you don't know CSS, perfect, like go that way. Um, so th I think the way we're talking is more if you're doing a custom design for a client with, you know, they don't know what they're doing and you're doing it for them. But, yeah, certainly with a, um, a non-profit or someone that just has a really low budget, I would always start with a template. Sometimes that ends up more work, got to say, yeah. but... Um, at the same time, you can hand a bit more over to the client and say, okay, now you go fill out these three pages. All right. Well, that's, uh, I mean, those are pretty much all standard, you know, and I know here's, this is how Corey and my brains work. He's the tech brain and I'm a more of a sales and marketing brain and stuff. And we actually do quite a bit of what <laughs> Tim and Sarah said as well, as far as the planning and the the design and all that stuff that goes into it before we dive into the first couple of steps. Um, so let's go on to the next. So you've got Divi installed, you've got WordPress installed, you've got your plan, all the plugins you're going to use, you know, the design's done for the most part. Where are we going from here? What is the next step in the process? Building? I, I always really start laying out. There. Oh, don't you? Ladies first, Tim. Ladies oh, you first, didn't get to design. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Huh? Well, David's saying design's done. I was like, well, I haven't gone through my design process. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, design, you know, I, I just push the design the design button on my computer, and it like lays out. It does the whole thing it for just me. Just does it. Yeah, yeah, Divi has that. It's it's now a keyboard <laughs> shortcut. You just do Command Shift Design, and then Divi does all it all for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, in in terms of design, it. You know, we talked to, you know, I mentioned, you know, kind of some basic wireframing and, and Sarah mentioned designing in, in um, Adobe XD. Is that what you use? Yeah. Um, and I think, it, you know, if you do a phase like that, I feel like it only makes sense if you can either A, do something in another tool that you can't necessarily do in Divi on your own or, you know, you have to separate the process for yourself or if you're on a team. So like if I have my my designer designing it for a client project, well, he'll design in Photoshop first because that's his tool of choice. But if I was designing it myself, I'm not going to design in Photoshop and then redo it, you know, again in, uh, in Divi uh, because, that, you know, I'm basically just doing the same work twice where I could just design initially in Divi. So I think it kind of depends on, you know, what your tool of choice is. You know, some people are way better at designing in Photoshop because that's where their experience is. And then they either, you know, kind of replicate on, on their own just to, uh, you know, and then get help or, or, or whatever. But for me, um, it's all kind of, you know, designing and building all at once, you know, is a huge time saver. Uh, and I used to do kind of, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, the planning and strategizing and wireframing kind of first getting that out of the way. I used to kind of do it all at once. I'm kind of like planning it as I'm designing it, as I'm building it. And um, I found that I was uh, basically redoing so much work. And so once I separated the planning and the research and the strategy from the design build process, it ended up saving a lot of time. So, yeah. And, and I think Divi in and of itself is, is a pretty decent mock-up tool, you know, as opposed yeah. to you know, some people who take it, you know, from like a program like Balsamic and then in, into Divi, uh, I, right. I, you know, 
Divi to me, you know, is, 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 uh, easy enough to kind of move around different aspects and, uh, you know, hide sections and, and, and do things like that. Uh, not to say that we do that for every project. Um, but, but, you know, there are some projects that, that we, you know, kind of, kind of skip the, you know, the PSD mockups and just go straight into design when we have like a really clear idea of, of what the client's looking for or what we're looking for on some of our landing pages. We don't always necessarily go from mockup into, into the build portion. Sometimes we just go straight to building and it, um, our, some of our design team, front end team are just awesome and nail it, you know, just right out of the, right off the bat. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the direction that you're giving them. If you do have a design team, for instance. So I, I believe site architecture is really important, you know, knowing the, the, the layout and flow of how that site's going to go based on the client's you know, what type of business they are, what their goals are. You're going to find out all of that stuff if you're meeting with them. And uh, when you're initially meet with them, what, what is the purpose of their website? What are they going to be doing for it? That site architecture and all that stuff is really, really important. And that's really going to kind of dictate where the design's going to go and stuff. And we turn it over, like Corey said now, to a pretty awesome design team. And then they just, but they have direction. They don't just get free will, you know, um, you know, and, go sometimes we do allow them to go just be really creative you know and they do their own research and stuff but when it's a client site not so much because clients typically need to have they have a specific goal that they want to achieve with their website whether it's to purchase products on their site get customers to walk in their storefront um, you know build up brand awareness whatever that is so um, yeah awesome so we're, we're, are we past the design process now? Yeah, Can we? Well, Thank I, you. I, I'd, I'd kind of like to know, like, um, you know, some people are, are on the, um, you know, design mobile first boat. A lot of people like us still, still do, you know, desktop um, first and then tweak for, for mobile. Do, do either of you have like different approaches or do you typically design for desktop and then, and then um, go in and, and tweak for mobile? Desktop yeah. and mobile. <laughs> I, I do if um I mean I think you know we talked about this a few times before but like generally like you know the best practice way is let the analytics you know tell you what to do if you have a website or if it's a new website but you know that you know this industry this type of business that like 90% of traffic's going to come from mobile then obviously you have to do you know you know mobile first or at least make that a high priority but um for me just with the flow of of divi and and uh you know knowing how it adapts for mobile um you know i i do desktop first mobile second but i'm not afraid to make you know some extreme customizations if it makes a better experience on mobile you know in terms of like completely getting rid of sections on mobile or you know, drastically changing, you know, font sizes and padding and, and so forth. But because Divi by itself kind of gets you like, I don't know, 80% of the way there for mobile, just with it, you know, the way it stacks and scales. And then you can kind of go in with the, the, uh, the mobile um, customization settings that are built in. And then from there, you know, custom media queries if necessary. Awesome. Yeah, we're similar. Like it just yeah. realistically, most of the time it makes sense to do desktop first because we understand how it's going to work once it gets to a mobile and you can always add different functionality like extra menus or, um, you know, you could make the menu completely, you could have double menus. So you have one version for desktop or one version for mobile. So yeah, generally I still start with desktop and if they request it, we'll do a custom design for mobile as well. 
um, which obviously takes extra time, but that's because their concern is that they want to see what it's going to look like on mobile. We know it's going to work fine, but they want to see it. So in that case, we will custom design. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this is the first time that, you know, we've done it internally. We just redesigned the Divi Space homepage and we have two versions. If you look at it on desktop and mobile, it's going to be different. And we've created custom, you know, custom headers for the desktop version, custom headers for the, for the mobile version. Nice. I got to tell you, I really like it. You know, our guys like all laid back with his remote on desktop spread out across the screen and on mobile, he's sitting up, you know, and he's, <laughs> um, so from that perspective, for me, it's fun, you know, and if you have the time and the, you know, and the resources and all of that to do it, yeah. great, do it. That's going to impress the crap out of people. I'm going to tell you, it's going to really take you, set you apart, you know, from the rest of the crowd and stuff. If you can, mm -hmm. if you can do that kind of stuff. So let's dive into the, to the next part of, you know, steps for creating a Divi website. I'm assuming the build is next. We're going to start developing the site. Is there a specific place where you guys start? I'm assuming we all start in the same place, but I'm not going to guess and assume anything. I'm just all right. I start on the homepage. What a surprise. <laughs> um, I start on the homepage, but what I do is I put in all the elements. So as I've said, we do the design separately. And so essentially what I do is almost like a wireframing process of like, I put in all of the sections. So add in all the sections, add whether they're like half, half or whatever, and then start plonking in images. Maybe just put some like temporary text or whatever in all the spots. And it looks horrible. And I really like at that point, like screenshotting what it looks like at that point because I kind of I feel like it shows just how skilled you need to be in some ways to create a really nice looking Divi website because when you do that it looks so Divi out of the box like all the buttons have like the blue and they look exactly like you know straight out of the box and it just looks so ugly and I kind of love that moment because it makes me feel like that's the before and after. And then after that, I start customizing and I start changing the fonts and I start, and I do a lot of that with CSS or start making global modules or um, those kind of things. And the homepage always takes ages. The homepage takes by far, 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 far the most time out of any page. And often my clients freak out because they haven't seen anything for a long time. But what they don't always understand is once the homepage is done, the other pages roll out really fast. Um, but I spend a lot of time on the homepage and I do that because I want to get everything set up, ready to go, all my custom buttons, all my custom fonts, all my styles for my images. A lot of the shapes will end up getting reused on other pages if we've done like overlaps or um, different interesting elements. Usually that's going to start rolling out onto all the other pages. So we spend a lot of time on the homepage. But yeah, I love seeing that before and after of like just plonking all the elements from Divi and just seeing how ugly it is, it <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> That's awesome. I never thought about that. That does sound pretty cool to do and stuff. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't look that different to what some people's websites look like. Yeah, that's kind of scary, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it makes me see the power of Divi, right? Like you can really create anything you want with Divi and it really is about tweaking fonts and getting fonts right and getting the sizes right of the fonts and getting the spacing around things. All of those little tweaks, they're the things that make a beautiful website 
And yep. it really isn't about whether you use Divi or Elementor or whatever. It's about all those little things. It doesn't really matter which tool you choose to use. Yeah, I think I think that's what Nick Nick's goal was with Divi when he created it and stuff, because they very much came from a design background and they yeah. wanted to make this, you know, just a tool that was awesome that, you know, had an impact on the design side. It's it's evident. Divi's evolution since the beginning, even in the very beginning, it gave you a lot of control over the stuff that Sarah's talking about and stuff. But today, oh my God, oh, yeah. I mean, you have so many design controls in Divi. It's really insane what you can yeah. do. Like a shadow can do, yeah. can make the yeah. world of difference to a website, like just the world of difference. And if you yeah. make that shadow too dark and too thick, it will kill your website. You know, like it's, it's all the little things. And so that's why it takes so long to get the homepage right, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, also why I choose to design outside of Divi because I want to nail the look before we start doing it inside. I get that majority of people who use Divi don't do it that way. Um, but for me, it means we nail the look and then yeah. I work out how to achieve that. We yeah. do it now, but we didn't used to, but we do do it yeah. now. Ahead, yeah. Tim. If I'm using, if uh, I'm not the one designing it. My designer's doing it. He's doing Photoshop, but I, I, I see what you mean because there's definitely times where, cause a lot of times with Divi, you're customizing something existing. Like you said, like the, the, the terrible looking, you know, blue outline buttons and, and stuff yeah. like that. And sometimes there's little subtle things that you don't, you know, they're not super noticeable. So you don't think to customize them, but if you're following an existing map an existing design, you're going to match it exactly. And they're, yeah. when, when it's designed, you know, from a, a, a totally blank slate, like in Photoshop or, or Adobe XD, whatever it is, um, you know, there's not those Divi isms that are being customized. It's yeah. just designed from scratch. And so when you're, you know, kind of designing in Divi, sometimes there's the temptation like, well, that doesn't need to be customized. That's okay. It looks okay. But then, you know, you kind of get away from like a, a total custom look and, you know, website's going to look like it was built in Divi. So yeah, there, that there, that's, I think the one huge benefit of designing separately from Divi is you kind of and get even if you can afford to have a designer, have a designer who doesn't know Divi. I, I think like when Sophie came on board, I did not teach her much about Divi and I didn't go and send her to all the blogs for Divi because I didn't want her to know what Divi was capable of. I want her to look at what a good website looks like. And then if I can't achieve it, I'll let her know and we'll tweak it. But, you know, I, have, if you can afford you ever, it, don't teach them Divi. Have you ever gotten something from a designer that you kind of think, okay, that's like that's not doable or it's it's not going to be like super e you know easy to do in Divi yeah. without some like PhD. there's been a few things where I've had to get like JavaScript involved and mm -hmm. it has been such a challenge and I have loved it so much and it's made the job so much more interesting because I'm suddenly trying to work out how to do something that I have no idea how to do um, and some of those little things that make the website look just amazing or interacting in a certain way. And I think, wow, I would never have done that if I had chosen to start in Divi from the beginning. There's no way I would have started with that thing in mind. Um, and I love that. It makes it a challenge. It makes it, um, it makes me have to learn things. And I would much prefer that than keeping on creating the same website over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely times where my designer, because he doesn't know Divi, he'll do things like one thing that comes to mind is just like a blog module. You know, he's designing yeah. like a blog where 
we all know the Divi blog module has very, very limited customization and you can't really do a whole lot with CSS. I mean, you can, but my designer will sometimes design things that can really only be done if like we customize the module or, you know, move yeah. stuff around with JavaScript. And so and then I'll communicate with my front end developer that's building it and he'll be like, well, hey, how do I do this? Like, I can't, there's no way to customize that in Divi. And so, yeah, there's like the decision, well, like, is it worth it to figure out a way to, to do it either with PHP or JavaScript, yeah. or is it just one of those things where, okay, it's just not worth it. Just it just is what it like, is. So you like, yeah. we always go through that process, right? Of like, sometimes I will work to the end of the world to try and work out how to make it work. And I'm so glad that it did. And there's sometimes, particularly with third-party plugins, like events where I just have to say, yes, we'll put it in a slider, but it's not going to look like that. Like, it just doesn't look like that out of the box. We can make it look like our theme, but it's not going to look like how that design looks. And that's okay. Like, sometimes you have to give and take, and that's okay. But like I said, that's usually more to do with third-party plugins than it is to do with TV. Yeah, and, and, the more, and the more you customize, the greater chance you have of, like, having future problems. We're not against, like, PHP yeah. custom and things like that but even you know even like the blog module and and stuff like that and especially third-party plugins the more customizations and tweaking that you do yeah. the, the more the more you have the possibility of, of something breaking or going yeah. wrong in the future um so yeah i think yeah. that web developers have the greatest job in the world <laughs> fun how many people that have a job outside of web design that say they love tackling new problems because it, it you know, they love it, you know. I think I there's a lot of people, David. I'm sorry. <laughs> Art architects. I don't hear a lot. Of, well, I think there's a lot. I, I I'm not, like, I do love my job and I'm not against that idea, but I do think that there are other industries where people tackle problems and love that they have to learn things along the way. <laughs> well, sorry. I haven't met a thing at that I've ever heard say that. You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever heard another type of business that says, Oh, I just love it. They it was impossible to do and I figured it out. But you know, maybe so. I agree. I don't know any architects, so architects, cancer research. I guess maybe I should say a creative industry. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe the creatives really love that. Anyway, yeah. that's fine. We, yeah. All right. Let's go on to, so we're starting with the homepage. I'm assuming, yeah. Tim, you start with the homepage too. Corey, we start I, with the homepage. Actually, I, I start with the privacy policy page. I want that <laughs> to be sure perfect. Yeah. And then I adapt the design for the rest of the site, including the homepage from the privacy policy. Actually, <laughs> like not to laugh at that, but I have seen some people do a custom page. And the custom page is basically like a, um, what's it called? Oh, I've forgotten the name, but essentially what they do is they do an H1, an H2, an H3, an H4, an H5, an H6, oh, okay. a button. Yeah, like oh. they do all the styles just in like a plain page. So they don't actually like lay it out at all, but they just do all the styles in one page. I actually quite like that idea because then Great once idea. you've got all that stuff ready to go, then as soon as you use an H1 somewhere else, it just kind of is already styled. So I don't mind that idea and I have seen it done by other designers before yeah that's so. actually a really good idea i like that and then you've kind of got all the elements and as you add, add a new element you just go add it to that page so then you've got all the elements in one big long page it doesn't look overly pretty but it's got everything there like a testimonial module or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. i should yeah, do that sometime yeah next what's next on our 
steps to building a Divi website. So we're diving into the home pages. I'm assuming we're going to develop out the rest of the pages. Home page first, yep. inner pages next. You know, I do the blog next, and then I get to all the customizations. Then I get to like all the events and the membership and the all the custom, custom, custom. Forms. Well, that brings up a good point. When you have a website that's got some complex functionality like an LMS or an e-commerce site at what stage does that you know where do you throw that in are you you drop so you're going to I just like to get all the pages done just because I'll leave gaps for things like that because I like the the pages are kind of the simplest part and so I like to kind of leave the gaps like this is where an event calendar is going to go or this is where the shop is going to go or you know that kind of thing I, I just personally like to get all the pages done first then I tend to go to forms and then I tend to go to anything custom beyond that yeah I agree and I think an important reason why it's good to do that first is a lot of times you're going to be or all the time you should be customizing the e-commerce elements or you know the appointment whatever based off of the design of the site so once you have the design nailed down and kind of built well then it'll be much easier to kind of integrate it into the rest of the, of the site yeah at least that's my yeah, and realistically and, 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 those things take a long time yeah. yeah and then i turn focus to functionality in order of least important to or, or most important to least important important um, yeah you know tech tackle the complex like very important stuff first make sure yeah. you know make sure that's done if, if you're still like working on a single thing after like a couple weeks you know, at, at that point, at least you have the time to tell the client like, Hey, this is going to be, you know, take like two weeks or three weeks longer than anticipated because of, you know, this key feature of, of the website. Yeah. And even just doing the things that look the biggest first sometimes can be worth it. So if you've got a tricky client who really wants to see progress along the way, sometimes having all the pages there, they like that because they can see. So if they're wanting to see along the way, they see that all the pages are there. Or maybe you do do WooCommerce before you do all of the forms because when they see the shop, they get excited. So just thinking about what your client will feel like is the biggest, most important thing. Sometimes that can be worth spending time on first because they will feel like there's more progress, even if it's something that you feel like isn't very important or doesn't take very long or whatever. It might make a world of difference to them. So keep that in mind. So let me ask you, does that fall in your, obviously Sarah shows the client the, the site as it's in progress, it sounds like. Um, are they, do they have access to it all the time or do you, are you submitting? To them? Uh, it depends on the client for me. So they'll see their custom design, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes if there are questions that come out of the design, I might show them the homepage once the homepage is done so that I can show you how it actually turned up in reality in case I need to ask questions before I roll out to other sub pages. Uh, sometimes I'll leave the link live for them to be able to look at if they would like to, but I just say really upfront. You can look at this as often as you want to, but I will let you know when I'm ready for feedback. So um, just so you know, you know, you do have access to this link, but I don't want to hear from you until I'm ready to hear from you next. So if I leave it live, I always have that disclaimer, like feel free to look at it when you want, but I'll let you know when I'm ready to hear from you because I'll still be working on things or I will not make it available. It really depends on the client and how much I feel like that's going to work for me or not. Sometimes it's really useful to be able to say, Hey, I've done the testimony element. Um, Can you just double check this one thing or whatever? So it it, it really depends on the client. 
Yeah, I, I used yeah. to just develop develop local, and I would do like twice a week a push to the you know d- development domain where the client could actually view it, and that way you're not yeah, you're not getting idea. people like peeking in kind of mid mid page yeah. or you know where like you might you might type some of your own uh, not so appropriate lorem ipsum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then and then this client met, sucks, and I hate them. And then he met David, and we never showed the client squadoof. <laughs> Until it was time to launch that bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the client looking at stuff before I'm done. And so it, in my opinion, the best thing to do, and it doesn't always work out this way. And as Sarah mentioned, it kind of depends on the client, but I think the best thing is once a homepage is done, get them on a video call, do a screen share, walk them through the design so you can get their feedback because you don't want to design all the other pages if they absolutely hate it, but you walk through and you kind of give them the philosophy of why you designed it this way and why it looks this way and, and so forth, get them really excited about it and then proceed. Um, sometimes again, every client's different. You know, they might want to be able to look it over with their team or, you know, their spouse, whatever. And so you have to give them a link, but I definitely don't, as Corey mentioned, let them look at stuff unfinished because then they're going to be giving you feedback on stuff. It's like, well, of course that's not done yet. Like, you know, <laughs> I made that clear, but okay. Awesome. Okay, so we've. Are there any other steps in creating a Divi website? I mean, it sounds like we've pretty much covered most of the steps. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, we could go into a second episode, really, of um, you know pre-launch steps and and whatnot. I mean, optimize- well, we have talks about mobile-friendly stuff. So go for it, Sarah. Let's talk about mobile-friendly. So even before <laughs> pre-launch, you're gonna want to like actually check it yeah. on all the devices and all the browsers and like even before pre-launch I would say that this needs to kind of come as a part of the design step because things can look crap on mobile um but yeah I agree I think pre-launch and launch is probably its whole own episode um but I think mobile like testing all the mobile stuff and tweaking on mobile is really really important at that point because you don't even know don't worry about Internet Explorer, I was going to say. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, we don't that's worry a curse about word to web developers. It is worth asking your client before you start working with them, though, what browsers they use and what phone they have and what um, browser they use on their phone because it's there's nothing worse than going, it looks perfect here, and they're like, it looks awful. <laughs> and then, you know, that, that can be a horror nightmare. So if you can double check on whatever browser they're going to be checking it on, then you know, that can make a big difference as well. Oh yeah. I have a bad experience with that. Uh, the CEO of the company who we weren't interfacing with at all, um, had an iPhone four. this was several years ago. It was outdated, but, um, it was several, several years ago and we didn't check it on an iPhone four cause it was already several versions, uh, late yeah. and the iPhone four had, has a much smaller screen. And so there was something that got really messed up on an iPhone four and we had no idea. And it was a CEO that caught it. And so oh, it was super embarrassing. Worst. So I really no, like that idea. Should be able to afford a newer iPhone. Come on. I know, That's right? That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a matter of not being able to afford it. I'll definitely I say know. <laughs> So yeah, find out what devices your client, as well as their bosses, are using. If, if yeah. you're not <laughs> interested with the CEO. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, these are all the common obvious things. You definitely want it to be optimized for mobile. Um, 
you know, as part of your, your development process when you're creating a, a Divi website. Once you get through the build, obviously most of us probably do work desktop first. I don't know many that do mobile first. Um, you know, desktop first and then move to the mobile aspects of it and optimize the site for, for um, you know, for mobile, but also for, for performance and speed. And, yeah. you know, I would probably put that in the development process, the latter, latter stages of finalization uh, before yeah. client. And all your uh, SEO stuff as yeah, well. All the SEO, on-page SEO and stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm bad with SEO. I tend to do it right at the end. Um, so I tend to do it as the last step after I've built everything, but I would like to change that and I would like to do it as I'm going. So doing all yeah. the images as I go and doing all the pages as I go. If I have a content writer who does the content for all the websites, that's fabulous because they give me all the title and all that stuff. Um, so then I'm better at doing it as I go, but yeah, I think it's, you save a lot of time if you do it as you go. That's just a bad habit of mine to do it right at the end. I'll spend a whole day just doing all the SEO. Oh, and the other thing, if you have a really tricky client, I would recommend getting some other people to view the website for you before you get your client to look at the website. So whether you do it on a Divi Facebook group and get a bunch of people to be really nitpicky and sometimes horrible to you um, <laughs> or just to a bunch of your friends but if you have a really tricky client it can be well worth hearing yucky not nice things mostly people are nice but you know people get really nitpicky it's probably better to hear that from a not client than a client and then that way you can fix those things before if you've got a really picky client that's worth it awesome Agreed. Yeah. I was chatting with our viewers so i didn't hear anything y'all were talking about so <laughs> i missed that will you repeat yourself repeat everything you said no i won't too bad you missed out david you can watch the recording later i'll have to go back and watch it absolutely <laughs> um, yeah I, I think um you know i think this is a really a good relevant topic you know um you know steps in creating we weren't really fluid you know we decided to you know kind of mix it up a little bit and not be can't have a can prepared response. Um, and maybe that was a bad thing, especially if, if somebody's looking from an SEO perspective and Googles and finds Divi chat, Oh, I need to know the steps for creating. And then they've got to listen to four different people's processes mixed in. I don't know. I think, I think it works to hear four different people's processes because yeah. everyone's different and people work different ways. And I think yeah. it also shows that there isn't one way to do it. Right. Like, the important thing is you working out what works for you. What do you find works in your head? What is your client like? You know, I don't know that I always do everything the same every time anyway. So I think hearing that we all do things slightly differently, but there's a rough journey that you go yeah. through. Oh, yeah. Research, you design, you build out the basic stuff, you roll out extra pages, you do your customization, you make sure it's working on all the devices and then you launch. Like it's a rough journey yeah, through there, yeah. but we yeah. have slightly different orders or we do things on different um, softwares, but either way, like there's a rough journey that you would Yeah, and we get them watching us for an hour. Yeah. The important thing is to have a process and think yeah. and be like intentional about what you're doing and, and, and planning ahead of what you're going to do when and in what steps, what order, rather than just winging it, which to be honest, in the beginning, that's what I did because I didn't, you know, know any better. I didn't have any processes or, or you know, know what was best yeah. practice. So I just kind of would, you know, 
start moving stuff around within WordPress and like, you know, eventually it would end up as a finished website, but there was so much wasted time and like sitting there thinking of what I needed to accomplish next and all that. So I think that's for me, that's my final thought is have a process. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, bits and pieces of all of our processes and stuff you picked up from elsewhere, but just have something and then you can refine it based off of, yeah. you know, what works for you and what you've tried and, and, and like, and all that. Fantastic. Well, man, I can't believe an hour has come and gone already. That is, that is crazy. This feels like the fastest Divi chat ever. You know, um, <laughs> it did start a few minutes late. <laughs> we did. did not, not that long late. I no, mean, just like three minutes, minutes late. Yeah. So, I mean, we're like right on the hour mark here. Um, well, good. Anybody else have a parting thought, Sarah or Corey? Uh, my parting that. thought is don't let Divi box you in with design. <laughs> awesome. Corey. That's my parting thought. I, since, uh, since Leslie's not here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cuss for her and I'm going to say clean up your shit as you go along. And, uh, <laughs> just just Keep, keep a tidy workspace, you know, yeah. you might have filler images, you might have pages you're not using. Clean up as yeah. you go. You might get to the end and like not be able to pick out which images you weren't, that weren't supposed to be there. And Yeah, um, that's the worst. And then you go like use one of those tools and you accidentally delete like. Well, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't work with Divi at all. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a random tip, but I'm going to say that, yeah. That's a good yeah, tip. Nice. I like that tip. And clean up. Oh, okay. Do your CSS properly along the way don't just like chuck your css at the top of your like <laughs> theme options which hey we all get lazy along the way and when a website is yep. like a year old and you just have to chuck something in you don't always put it in the right place but do yourself a favor comment all comment. everything and do your css in the right orders so that later it is just so much easier to work with or if at some have point a you have table to of contents and yeah <laughs> if you have to hand it over to another like web developer and they look at your CSS and are just like horrified, they're going to speak badly of you. So, you know, even, yeah. just, and the future even self. just for your, for yourself, like I, I think, yeah. Oh, I'll remember what this is for. Like, no, totally. like a month, two months, four months goes by and I look through, I'm like, what is this? Do I still need it? Why yeah. is it here? So that that's a good example in the cleanup your stuff as you're going along is if you give, um, what is it? Classes along the way, make sure the classes make sense. Like they have some sort of name that describes the thing that you're trying to do, because then in your CSS, that's almost like commenting in your CSS, because when you go back and look at CSS, you see this class and it makes sense. Oh, that's for the testimonial. Like that makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, that's an, another. Oh, on that, on that note, quick tip, when you're creating CSS classes, use some sort of like custom naming convention so that to make sure there's no possibility it's going to conflict with any third-party yeah. plugins, you know, don't just put like column two or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Testimonial call it like, you know, use your initials TS dash testimonial or, you know, yeah. Divi life or whatever your own kind of signature. That way, you know, when it's your own custom class, when you see it in your CSS and so there's no possibility it's going to conflict. Yeah. And say, same with PHP, like functions and stuff. Like, you know, we, we like to lead them with like DS for Divi space or whatever it might be just to avoid any, any conflicts. Yeah. Nice. Mike, Mike Devitt has a really good parting thought. Don't let Divi spoil your coding abilities. Mm. I, getting so I powerful. Say, like, 
a lot of people don't get lazy because they don't have coding abilities. But yeah, yeah. If, if you do have some coding abilities, don't don't lose them. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> just funny i thought it was funny um all right well hey look it's been another great episode of divi chat i hope you everyone who watches this and who came live has gotten something out of it i know i did um there's definitely a a, a million different ways that that people's processes are different but this is going to cover kind of all of the bases that you're the most important things that you're going to want to touch on and what order you put them in it's okay to put in whatever order. What's important is that you, you get the job done at the end of the day and stuff. So don't feel like what we're saying is gospel. This is just works what works for us and, uh, and our teams and stuff. And it's definitely different for a solopreneur versus a creative agency like Sarah was talking about and stuff. So don't feel like you have to go out and get a designer, design it in InDesign, Photoshop and all that if you're building it in Divi yourself. So you're not doing anything wrong. These are just our processes. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye, Sarah. Ah! <laughs> she obviously had to go take off really fast. So, <laughs> all right, everybody. Give you chat next week. Got another great episode. Take care, everybody. And Tim, what do we say when we leave? Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Peace Bye. out.